It's good once again to be back on Search the Scriptures with all of our listeners. We appreciate the opportunity to open up God's Word and study with you once again from all of those rich truths, teachings, commandments, instructions, guidelines, and yes, even those chastisements and rebukes and corrections. All of them are there for our learning and for our well-being from a spiritual perspective. And they guide us to live the best life that mankind can live in this world. And I mean the highest quality life that he can live. A life that points us in the best direction and gives us the greatest hope. So, so many times people talk about hope and where people can go for hope and sometimes what seems like hopelessness. Right. Well, let me tell you, it's not in society, it's not in jobs, it's not in economics, it's not in, in some kind of social system, it is in God's word. It is in the right relationship that we ought to have with our creator, our heavenly father, and that's only gonna come through God's teachings and our living by those teachings. There's where we find the greatest hope. That's right. With God through Jesus Christ. And we hope that you're coming closer and closer to accepting and, and living by that hope, making it a reality in your personal life. Great to be here today with Dwayne Kennedy. Thank you, Gary. It's great to be on the program with you. Missing Dennis, who had other uh, appointments that he needed to meet, but he'll be back with us very soon when his schedule will permit that. And it's good to be with our listening audience. You know, it is because of you and your responses to this program by sending emails and requesting uh, the free Bible studies that you have and continuing with us every day that we are able to continue with this program on Search the Scriptures. Uh, we have been relying on you and encouraged by you for years, and we want you to continue to listen to us. You are an encouragement to us when you respond to our program, and that's what we're here for. But it's all being done to glorify God, and we are trying to learn together how to do just that. Thank you for listening to the program. And you know, Dwayne, when you say our listeners are encouraging to us through their responses, uh, one way we do not ask our listeners to respond to us is by sending any money right. to support this program. No. That is an oddity on religious radio. We never ask for money. We don't want our listeners to send us money. Uh, we're not on this program to raise money. We support this program and, and uh, uh, others, other congregations who are interested in getting the gospel message out there, uh, help support this program. We want to present it absolutely free of charge yes. to all those who would like to learn through it the teachings of God. And we do it the old school way when things that were free or were said to be free are actually free. And <laughs> that's the way we do it on this program. Anything we send out to help people learn the Bible better is, as you said, absolutely free. We even pay the postage. Even pay the postage. So we want our listeners to know that. And we never ask for funds on this program and never will ask for funds. Amen. That's the way we work. We are coming to a conclusion in our study of some things we need to keep. We have noted that 
we keep a lot of things in life. That's right. In fact, you go into some people's homes and it looks like they've been keeping things for a lot of years. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they've got things stored in all the closets and up the closet shelves and on counters and in corners and, you know, in bedrooms and basements and garages. Sometimes you look at it and you think, my, my, it's going to take a long time for them to get rid of all those things that they right. kept. But that's not really the kind of keeping that we're talking about in this particular study. We have been looking at things that we need to keep from a spiritual perspective. First and foremost, we've tried to emphasize that we need to keep the teachings of God and of Christ. Amen. Now, to keep those teachings, not keep them in our Bible, stored on a shelf in our home, but to keep them means to believe them and to obey them, to live by them. Right. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Amen. And that means to live by it faithfully, obediently. To keep the word of God is to obey his word. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, and Revelation 1 and verse 3. We need to understand that we are responsible for keeping God's word, by, for living by it. And we cannot change it in any way and still be pleasing to God. Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19. Now we've also seen that as the church, if we're going to be truly faithful followers of Jesus Christ, if we're going to be a part of his body, then we need to strive to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. That's right. And that means that we, as his followers, need to be united. Now, the basis for that unity has to come back to the word again. Amen. We can't just go around teaching different doctrines, different plans of salvation, practicing different forms of worshiping God other than what we find in the scriptures and still claim to be united in Christ. That's right. The Bible also teaches us to be united in Christ as Jesus was united to the Father. John chapter night. 17, verse 21. That's right. Now, that's a complete unity. Yes. They didn't go by different names. They didn't have different doctrines. They didn't communicate to mankind different plans of salvation. And as was pointed out in our last program... This is the example that we should follow in our unity. It certainly is. There was no confusion between God the Father and God the Son in what they believed and in what they taught to mankind. And there should be no confusion in our lives as faithful followers of Jesus Christ and of God in what we believe and what we teach and what we practice. Amen. As Paul put it in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse, uh, verse 10, we need to be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And there should be no divisions among us. Right. Yet, what all we have to do is, is observe the denominational world today and division is everywhere. Denomination indicates division. It in means itself. division, describes division. Right. Now, we also noted that we need to keep ourselves in the love of God. Right. Jude chapter 1, verse 21. To keep ourselves in the love of God does not mean just going around spouting how much we love God. Nor does it just mean talking about how much God loves us and I'm going to remain in the love of God. 
it means we need to demonstrate our love for God through our obedience to his teachings. Amen. As he demonstrated his love for us by sending Christ to the cross. And then he gave us the teachings of the gospel message to guide us in how to respond to him, to demonstrate our love to him. We need to keep ourselves in the love of God. Now let's look at another text and see something else that we need to keep. And oh, this is a challenge. It really is because the devil hammers us on this incessantly. First Timothy chapter two, uh, chapter five and verse 22. Do not lay hands on anyone hastily nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. Keep yourself pure. Amen. Boy, that just kind of flows off the tongue easily, doesn't it? Yes. And yet we're living in a world that is rife with impurity. There's a whole lot said in the Bible about being pure, and we're looking at it all around us every day. Now, what, is, what does uh, Paul say there to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 22? We're not supposed to be caught up in other people's sins, are we? That's right. And yet again, that's something that we find people ex doing exactly, repeatedly. Yeah. Taking part, do not lay hands on anyone hastily nor share in other people's sins. Right. Keep yourself pure. We could spend a whole lot of time, probably do a number of programs, on the power of peer pressure. Sure. We could put it a different way, and we could talk about the, the persuasiveness of personal influence on other people. Yes. And that goes a long way to influence us to get into sin. That's right. We see other people do something. We respect them. We like them. We want to be liked by them. And so, well, how can we do that? Well, we're going to take part in what they take part in. You know, we don't have to go far to see that that is true, Gary, but we do have to look back or we can look back a long time ago, even to the first man and the first woman, the first people of God who had been given instructions by God to obey him. One committed sin, the other participated in the sin that she had committed herself. He was persuaded and he also sinned. And I'm speaking of Adam and Eve, of course, all the way back in Genesis chapter 3 and verses 1 through 5 or so. And you're exactly right. The devil lured Eve into sin and then used her to lure Adam into sin. He shared in her sin. That's right. She influenced him to sin. He shared in her sin, as you said. Now that's exactly what Paul tells Timothy there, don't do. Don't do that. We're gonna be around people all of the time who sin. That's part of the reality of this world. Paul said in, first Tim, uh, rather in Romans chapter three and verse 23, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's right. But here he tells Timothy, and of course the message is to us today, don't you take part in other people's sins. You may want to be popular, but po being popular at the risk of your soul is not worth it. That's right. 
So do not take part in other people's sins. In James chapter 1, in verse 27, what do we read? Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Now once again, keep oneself unspotted from the world. Another way of saying, keep yourself pure. Dwayne, let's talk a little bit about keeping yourself pure. Okay. I'm afraid that a lot of people will kind of, you know, click their tongue, maybe look at you cross-eyed, uh, maybe, you know, chuckle a little bit at the whole idea of keeping yourself pure. You know, that's a fanatical kind of concept. Is that really true? Keeping yourself pure is some kind, makes you some kind of weirdo? No. It makes you a man or a woman of God. It's what it does. And there are a lot of people out there who would like to be that or at least claim that they are. Yes. You know, I remember listening to a radio program one time, oh, a great many years ago, probably back in the 70s. And I remember the, uh, the, uh, the host was asking a very popular uh, actor, now, if I mentioned his name, many of our listeners, if not most of them, would recognize the name instantly. But I'm not going to do that. But he, he was talking to, he was interviewing this, this very popular actor. And he brought up the fact that this actor had been married to his wife, the same woman, for I think 20 or 20 some years. Right. And he, he said, you know, in, a, in Hollywood... That is so unusual. Do you feel, and I forget the exact word he used, but uh, the sense was along the line, I believe, do you feel kind of odd being like that hmm. in Hollywood? And, you know, I, re I admired the response of that actor. Quickly he said, no, I don't feel odd. They're the ones who are odd. <laughs> But you see, we've turned it upside down, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. We've turned it upside down. And, and we make, make out like, you know, living in sin, living in impurity, in spiritually impure lives, that's the norm. That's the right thing to do. That's what it's being made out to be anyway. Yes. Somebody who is trying to live a pure life spiritually well, they're, they're the weirdos. They're odd. They're nuts. And they're denigrated regularly. Right. It's amazing how the devil has manipulated so many of us yes. into thinking that. Well, let's go a little farther in this study. We need to keep ourselves pure. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. What does that say? And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. By the renewing of your mind, be transformed, not of this world. We're not supposed to look like and act like the people who live in the worldliness of this world. We're not supposed to have that same mind any longer. That's right. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to look different. You know, I said before, Dwayne, that when a true, faithful, New Testament Christian walks into a room, that room ought to be a better place just because he's there. 
It should. And I'm not saying that in any, with any sense of arrogance or haughtiness. I just mean you've got somebody who's living righteous life, has walked into the room. And that ought to make that environment a better place. That's right. It ought to be. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 through 24, what does Paul say along this line? But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Put on the new man. Put off the old man. We're supposed to be different, aren't we? That's right. When somebody becomes a Christian, they're going through a transformation process, as you read earlier in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Well, transform means to change. Yes. We're not supposed to look the same. We're not supposed to be the same. We're not supposed to act the same. We're not supposed to live the same as we did before we were transformed, before we were changed by virtue of having been baptized into Christ for the remission of our sins. And we're not doing it to be seen of men, but we're doing it because we want to keep ourselves, as we talked about last time, in the love of God. In the love of God. And that is to conform to his will for our lives. And that will is, is communicated to us through his word. That's right. In 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, what do we read about living our lives, walking with God? This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So in God, there's no darkness. And darkness is obviously meant to symbolize sinfulness, unrighteousness, impurity, evil, wickedness. Correct. God, None of that with God. That's, that's right. So if we say we're walking with God and we're living in sinfulness, wickedness, impurity, unrighteousness, unfaithfulness, evil, we're liars, we're speaking, Jake John says. We're speaking lies concerning our conduct. Certainly. Now, in the second chapter of 1 John, verses 15 through 17, what do we read there about the ways of this world? Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. If we're of this world, if we look like this world, if we're living identified with this world, then ultimately we're going to pass away with the world. Right. The world is passing away. And if we really love the Father, we're not going to live like the world. Right. That is in disharmony with God's will. And that is in contradiction to the way God wants us to live. We cannot be of this world and live faithfully with God at the same time. And we go back to 
what you talked about earlier and what we studied in more depth, if we're going to stay in, if we're going to keep ourselves in the love of God, then we're going to have to live faithfully before him. We're gonna to have to keep his teachings. So here, we've gotta keep ourselves pure. Now, in our closing moment, let's look at one more thing that we need to keep. And that is 1 John chapter 5 and verse 21. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Keep yourselves from idols. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 14, what does Paul say? Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Flee from idolatry. Now, you know, Dwayne, pure idolatry, we read about it having been practiced in the Old Testament continually through those Old Testament scriptures. Right. People would actually bow down to images and statues and they would worship those statues and worship through those images. Well, you know, some people do that today. Yes. Under the guise of Christianity. They, they, they call themselves Christians and yet they still bow before idols, before images, before statues, pray through those. Uh, I think that's idolatry. I think that's pretty well described it is. in the scriptures. And we're supposed to keep ourselves from idols and flee from idolatry. Right. God is not a statue. God is not an image, not a carved image, a molded, uh, a molded image of any kind, nor is Jesus Christ. No. And we're not supposed to make images of them and especially not supposed to make images of them and then bow, bow before them and pray through them. Right. Never going to find that in the New Testament nope. being practiced by true Christians. But now there are other forms of idolatry as well that we need to flee and that we need to keep ourselves from. There are a lot of things that people make their idols in life. That's right. It might be money. It might be their job. It might be social esteem. Right. It might be success in, their, in, their, in the business world or in the social setting of society. Some people might even make their family their idols. Right. Might make their bodies. I mean, they are obsessive about looking good and being physically fit, which is nothing wrong with looking good and being physically fit. But if it keeps you from serving God or causes you to live in a way that does not serve God, then it's an idol. Yes, if it comes between you and your faithfulness to God, your dedication, your commitment, your obedience to God on a consistent basis, then that can become your idol. Anything can that would come between you and God. And we're to flee from idolatry. We're to keep ourselves from idols. So we've got a pretty good list here. Things we need to keep. We need to keep the words, the teachings of Jesus and of God. We need to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. We need to keep ourselves in the love of God. We need to keep ourselves pure and we need to keep ourselves from idols. We need to flee idolatry. Good study, Dwayne. It A lot sure of was. things we need to take for, to heart. It sure was. We hope that this has been enlightening for you and been encouraging and instructive. And we encourage you to contact us right away and ask for a copy of today's program on CD for free. And also ask for that free Bible study that we send all over the country. And again, it's free and we pay the postage both ways on all of these items. Why not contact us right now?